0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome in. Anita Marks in this morning here on 98.7 ESPN. With you for the next three and a half hours. Jam-packed show. We got a lot going on. Obviously, nothing nothing bigger uh, to discuss than what's going on with the Mets and the uh, and, uh, Jacob DeGrom, that's for sure. We're going to get into that in just a second. Anthony DeComo from MLB.com is going to join us at 930 with the latest, uh, what we can expect uh, moving forward in regard to the Mets. And, uh, you know, as we know, opening day is just right around the corner. So obviously, Max Scherzer is going to get the start. So we'll dive in, talking all things Mets, 800-919-3776. Bobby Marks is going to join us in the second hour. We'll talk some NBA is uh, just about five, six games remaining for a number of teams in around the league, and uh, as the playoff scenario and the seedings uh, get get more uh, realistic, uh, I, I find it really interesting in regards to what's going on in the East. Um, a lot of teams—I'm not going to use the word tanking, right, because uh, they've made it to the postseason—but a lot of teams trying to avoid that number two seed because I don't know, you know, is not. Not that they've, you know, been out there like killing folks, uh, but I would imagine that a number of teams do not want to face the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. But right now, where it sits, the Bucks are there. But the Bucks have been resting players, so uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I would imagine that the Bucks would want to make a, a really big push to get that number one seed over Miami. So we'll see uh, again quite a few games remaining, and they have the second seed in the East. So we'll talk to we'll talk to Bobby Marks about the Nets. About the playoffs, uh, who does he feel is uh, obviously the Suns are favored and rightfully so, uh, best team in my opinion uh, in in the NBA. Uh, Memphis has been looking great, winning games without Morant, and um, so it's 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 gonna it's definitely gonna be a fun postseason. So Bobby Marks is gonna join us as well. Um, Dallin Cuff, you see him all over ESPN. Big night tonight in regard to the Final Four. Uh, I think we're 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 somewhat blessed. I know we're disappointed that St. Peter's is not in it uh, for the local flair and the local excitement. And I know so many people made the trip down to Philadelphia to, uh, to watch them uh, take on uh, Kansas. But uh, unfortunately it just, it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't their time. I, I think their run was spectacular, but nonetheless, we've got four unbelievable blue blood programs uh, that are going to be, in action tonight. And so uh, I'll do a deep dive into those matchups as well as give you my picks, my plays and Dallin Cuff, who, uh, who's one of our best, if not the best college basketball Analyst here at ESPN is going to join us at 11.30 later on this afternoon. Uh, and then again, with you until 12.30, leading into that Knicks-Cavs game later on tonight. So Joe Wiz will join us at the top of the noon hour with some of his, his picks and his plays. I'm sure he'll have NBA for you as well as uh, as well as March Madness. Um, we also have, uh, we're, we're less than a week away from the Masters. And there's some talk and speculation that Tiger Woods is going to tee it up. On Thursday, does he play Thursday and Friday? Does he make the cut on Saturday? There's a lot of ways that you can wager on that and gamble on that as well. So as you can see, a lot to get to. I didn't even mention now you know we're in, we're in April, so what does that mean? Uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, draft talk. NFL draft talk is leading up to the NFL draft. I'm actually going to be out in Vegas for the draft for Daily Wager, so I'm excited to head out there. Uh, it's it's a fun time. It's one of my favorite events uh, I would Call it an event. It's an event. I'd call it an event. Not a sporting event, but it, it's definitely an event. And obviously, we're the Giants and, and the Jets are, are picking uh, pretty significant for both these franchises moving forward. So uh, we'll have some NFL talk. The over-under win totals came out this week for a number of teams. The Giants are sitting at 7.5. The Jets are sitting at 5.5. So that makes it pretty interesting, I think, considering that the draft hasn't happened yet, and this is a really, really deep draft. I'm sure you've heard that if you do tune in to Sports Talk Radio, a number, or you you watch ESPN, you listen to Kuiper and 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 all the guys. um, You know, this is this is probably the deepest draft uh, we've seen in about a decade. A big reason why was because of. COVID a lot of players that were expected to come out last year did not. They took a year off. So they went back to school played. And now this is the year that they're coming out. There's a number of reasons. There's just a a plethora of really, really good talent, especially at the wide receiver position. So uh, this is a really, really special draft and, and, and a unique draft. And really the stars have aligned properly. I feel for both the giants and the jets, considering their draft capital coming in and just how deep this draft is. Um, And also, I find it interesting that these win totals have been released prior to the draft because they will change after the draft. There's no denying that. So the only team that doesn't have a win total out is the Cleveland Browns. And that's because there's some talk and speculation that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended, whether it's four games, six games. Who knows? Uh, But that's where that stands. So we'll dive into all that the next three and a half hours. We've got uh, Jake and uh, Ty producing the show. Uh, This is obviously usually um, Dave Rothenberg's time slot. And I know one of the the favorite segments out there for a lot of listeners is Stump Rothenberg. Uh, I am not going to pretend that I have the mind of an elephant like he does. So we switch it up and we go question marks where uh, (laughs) that's coming your way uh, at uh, you said 1030, right, Ty? That's we do that at 1030, I believe. There we go. So, uh, so 10:30 we'll have question marks where really it's uh, it's polar opposite. If I get one of your questions answered correctly, that's a win. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that uh, that I have a Rolodex for a brain. I just don't. So that's going to be fun. That'll be coming your way at 1030. We'll do a click or don't click. So uh, it's going to be a magic carpet ride for the next three and a half hours. But as I said, I want to start off with what's going on with the Mets. And of course, the news that Jacob deGrom will not be the opening day starter for the Mets. Why he has a stress reaction, quote unquote, to his right scapula. So really what means it, that's it, it, your shoulder blade and um and so what we know is that uh it's it's a bone issue it's not a soft tissue issue which is great we know back in 2021 he had an issue with his forearm uh last year the ligament in his elbow so you know and 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 don't forget when when the mets signed and and brought in scherzer the talk was wow you know you got this one two punch two aces the mets they're gonna win the world series but you know the doubters out there. Yeah, but can they stay healthy? It's not just Degrom who's had some health issues. Scherzer's had some health issues as well. So, um, and it's really a shame because Degrom is, especially his his last outing in spring training, he he looked quite good. Um, so what's so where does it stand right now? The Mets are going to shut him down for four weeks, and they're going to reevaluate what his situation is. Um, Looking back in in a number of Major League Baseball starting pitchers, pitchers in general who've had this issue, uh, they typically have been shut down for four months. Uh, I think it's optimistic to say, all right, the Mets are going to shut DeGrom down with this specific injury, this specific issue, and we don't know how severe it is, right? The news just broke. Jeff Passon broke the news yesterday. Could it be four weeks? Possibly. That would be great. Uh, Am I expecting it to be more based on what I've read uh, and the information I've researched, I do, I, I think it'd be unrealistic to sit here and just assume that he's just going to be shut down for four weeks, especially with his injury history. And and also, I would imagine that, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And the Mets want to be as, as careful uh, as possible. So, uh, so where does that stand right now, right now? So Scherzer, as we know, he's going to be the opening day starter. That's Thursday against the Nationals. Uh and and how does this rotation pan out? Obviously, thank God they they brought in Bassett, right? Uh so that's your number 1, that's your number 2 Carrasco. Could he possibly be a solid number 3? Walker, there's some hefty expectations for him uh this season, Miguel, uh Miguel, especially David Peterson. So, you know, here here's the positive. The positive is the Mets rotation is is deep and they've got solid They've got a solid pitching rotation. Obviously, it's night and day when you, when you remove an ace like DeGrom. I mean, last season, 15 starts, 108 ERA, pitched 92 innings, 146 strikeouts, only 11 walks. I mean, one would argue, and, and you could argue, that DeGrom is uh, the best pitcher uh, that we've seen in Major League Baseball in the last 10 years, possibly 20. You could argue that uh, when he's healthy, uh, when he's rolling on all cylinders. Uh, dude's unbelievable. So uh, you you lose that cog in your rotation. Obviously, it's not going to be the same. Uh, also, you've got Steve Cohen, who's uh, who's obviously the owner and is not afraid to spend some money. Possibly work out some trade deals. Who are some of the other pitchers out there that are still that 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 maybe you know um, Epler could could get on the phone, make some calls, inquire about Castillo. Maybe one of them. Um, Manaya being another, Montas from the Oakland A's. Uh, they're a team obviously because uh, the relationship between the Mets and, and deals have been done before. There's a good relationship there. Could uh, you know, would it be a knee jerk reaction right now for the Mets to go out and, and try to secure another, another two or three in this rotation based on what they know from, from DeGrom? Will this just be wait and see? what happens after four weeks, and then make a decision then. I still believe that phone calls should be made, see what's out there, see what the Mets could possibly trade for, whether it's now, whether it's four weeks from now, whether it's two months from now. Because uh, let's be honest, with 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 this rotation and this lineup, this is a Mets team that absolutely can contend in the National League East. Win the National League East, obviously you've got to... Um, Uproot the Atlanta Braves, the Phillies. They definitely made some moves in the post, in in, in hot stove, in the preseason. They've better their team as well. So in my opinion, no disrespect to Miami, obviously Washington. I believe that this is a three-team race in the National League East. And my money is on the Mets, especially with DeGrom healthy. So how significant will this be? I think pretty significant. But I think only time will tell. I don't mean to be a negative Nelly. It's just, you know, there, there's a history here in regard to injury, uh, especially when you're talking about, like, you know, when, when, when you have bone injury, when you, you talk to a lot of orthopedists, you know, that's just repeated bo- movement. That's what causes a lot of bone injury. Thank God this isn't soft tissue, but still. And so what's the cure for that? Rest. <laughs> so DeGrom's not in the rotation uh, he's not pitching for you. You know, how, how long will he be on the shelf? Again, just the research I've done in regard to uh, former pitchers who've been dealing with this injury, nothing less than four months. Can this, see, the, can this team sustain uh, winning games, still being competitive in the National League East? I, I, was, looking, I was also looking at the, the Mets' schedule, and they have quite a few games against the Phillies uh, in, in that time frame in the next four months. So that's going to be crucial as well. They have more games against the Phillies in the next four months than any other team in the National League East, just FYI. So 800-919-3776. I know really big concerns here for Mets fans, especially with some hefty expectations heading into the season with the one-two punch of Scherzer as well as DeGrom. Uh, So uh, a little bump in the road. Could it be a big bump? It could. Don't want to go there yet. Let's see what happens in four weeks when uh, Degrom is is reevaluated. But I do believe that the conversation needs to be had in regard to just how good this rotation could possibly be without Degrom. How can this team compete? Where do you rank them now in the National League East? And and what what plans moving forward should this team have in place just in case, just in case Degrom is going to be on the shelf? Uh, For for four months, if not longer.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We've heard it time and time again. A human human being's body is not meant to throw a ball 100 miles an hour. Um, Especially with the form and technique that that these pitchers are doing it with. Um, It's just not. Your body is not built, and especially to throw the number of pitches that these guys throw each and every year. Um, and keep in mind, I mean, DeGrom is 33 years old, right? Like like ninth round pick selection out of the 2010 draft. So 77 and 53 in his career uh, with a 250 ERA. Also, here's another thing. Just fast forward here. You know, there, there's, there's a possibility that he opts out of his contract in 2023. Uh, he'll be making 33.5 million dollars you know because of the injury history here you you know what you get as Buster said like he's a Lamborghini but uh, you know because of the injury history he is 33 he's only getting older he's pitched so hard he's pitched so fast for so long um how do how do you outweigh his performance and the number of games that you because you, you know you're you're only getting him I say only but you're only getting him what every five, six days in regard to the money. I, I mean, think about the analytics and and all that you have to equate with what, what his salary is going to demand. Um, he has come out and said that he wants to be a Met for life. He loves playing for the Mets. He wants to be here. But what do you pay him? How many games are you realistically going to get him to pitch in and what is your concern in regard to him staying healthy the remainder of his career? Something something to consider as, as, as we look forward to uh, the, the up and coming seasons. Let's listen in. Uh, this is uh, Buck Showalter talking about uh, DeGrom and, and, and how he's feeling about this unfortunate injury.
2: You prepare for those things. You know, something we talked about as soon as uh, Billy and I came here. You got you know, the what ifs are always around the corner. And I'm surprised it's been this long. So, knock on wood, that's. That's good. So, you know, we lost a pitcher for a period of time that, that plays once every fifth day. So we'll see, you know, it's the reason why we've been on, you know, for an office and everybody's been on top of the depth.
1: I can't wait until we're done with Zoom um, because the audio just stinks. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, let's listen. And this is Epler uh, talking about what are some of the options? Is he is he considering bringing in another pitcher? What What is the game plan moving forward after this news?
3: What extent, if at all, does this change your appetite for maybe bringing in people from
2: outside the organization? To help the rotation? It doesn't. I feel really good about the depth that we have.
1: So there you have it. He said he feels really good about the depth that they have. And, and again, um, you know, Scherzer, uh, Bissett, uh, Carrasco, those are your one, two and three. Um Miguel how has he done this uh, the spring training pretty good. I think there's some hefty expectations for David Peterson considering that he's a lefty. Um and you go from there. But I do believe that some phone calls should be made just in case. Nothing done right now, but just in case after 4 weeks reevaluated no bueno if it doesn't look good. Um, you've already got your your oars in the water to possibly make some moves and see what what more you can do. Um, by the way, uh, on Twitter, you can hit me up at Anita Marks. Uh, gentleman just just hit me up and, and was disappointed that I did not mention the women's college basketball final four that took place last night. Uh, and I, I'm sorry if I offended you by not mentioning the women's games that took place last night. I actually, I was hosting our Week in Wager show here on 90.7 ESPN. And I watched both games last night and they were both excellent. Uh, the first one, South Carolina coming in, they were the number one overall seed into this tournament. They only lost two games this season. Uh, both them and Louisville, excellent defense, but South Carolina just too good. Um, Boston is uh, a 6-4 forward. For South Carolina, just dominant in the paint. This is what I expected. If you listen to our week in wager show, uh, if you listen to Daily Wager, I was on Daily Wager yesterday. I liked Sarah. I liked South Carolina. I was laying the points. Uh, she put up 23 points and 18 rebounds and had four assists. So Louisville is sent packing. Unfortunately, South Carolina now advances. They beat Louisville 72 to 59, and uh, and then really the more exciting game, to be quite frank. With Stanford and UConn last night, and uh, so Stanford came in. They were a one seed looking to defend their championship from last year, and they were favored. And I was on Stanford. I thought Stanford, uh, you know, I I thought I thought that they had both these teams. But so so the first game, Louisville and South Carolina, excellent defense. UConn and Stanford, a lot of firepower. So I liked the over in this game. And also, um, I like Stanford. I just felt that uh, that they had uh, more strength in the paint as well. But UConn upset Stanford last night, and it came down to the wire. 63-58. to I I know the score doesn't necessarily indicate that, but uh, there was in the last, I want to say, like minute 30 of the game, um, many a time, uh, these two were just one point apart. I thought for sure I was I, I was feeling I was feeling possibly that it was going to go into overtime. So Gino and his Huskies, uh, they advance. Tarasi Sue Bird, uh, they must be absolutely thrilled. So now the championship, UConn going up against South Carolina for the championship in women's college basketball, and that took place last night. Of course, later on tonight. We've got two excellent games. We're going to dive into those as well. I'm really excited. Dallin Cuff is going to join us on the program at 11:30 this morning to help break that down.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: When you guys sneeze, do you, is it just one sneeze, or is it like I have like I sneeze nine times?
4: Mine comes in bunches.
1: Yes. Yeah, like, right.
4: Yes. It, it's, it's never one. It's either like four, five, or six. And
3: it's al- uh, okay. It's allergy season too, so if you have allergies, you're done right now.
1: So, but but just out of case, is it, it like to me? It's it's like and I can't believe it. I just sneezed once. I think I'm not sneezing because I'm on air and my body is like, don't do it, Anita, don't do it, don't do it. But you normally, if I wasn't on air right now, I'd probably like I would rattle off like nine. It's always the same number.
4: Yeah, that's how it, it happens. Like like a like an avalanche. It never comes in a dose of one. It's just. A machine gun of sneezing.
1: Here's another one for you. When somebody when somebody yawns, do you yawn? Does that happen to you as well? No, that is doesn't it... happen to me. I, no, I always thought
4: that was weird. Yeah, never made sense to me. Like if someone just started crying, would you also start crying?
1: No, but I I do yawn when somebody else yawns. I do yawn. And, and they say, and and it, this is interesting. I read this serial murders, like like established serial murders, right? Like the guys that you know the story, like. Manhunter is about um or mine hunter or whatever um they d- they don't have the capacity to yawn there's something in their brain there's something in their makeup that they they don't they don't yawn
4: well they i mean yawning typically you know is either a sign of being tired or bored and when you're a serial killer hard to be bored that's the only thing i can say hard to be okay. bored when you're murdering people
1: uh, okay okay uh, listen like i'll roll with that time yeah, i'll roll with
3: but to his the opposite point, if you're murdering people, you're probably pretty tired. You probably have a lot going on so to play devil's advocate you know you might no yell. pun in, no pun intended <laughs> yes, no pun
1: intended but, there Jake
3: yes exactly, but we know, have I, to go on just one more thing and I don't want to get gross, but you know when Uh-oh. I see someone throw up that's when I kind of uh, you know that's when i'm I'm out It's the kind of the reaction thing if you see someone you know vomit that's that's the one that gets me but Let's move on back to I I, I, used
1: to, I used to be that way, but having five dogs, I'm just like, it's like, it's nothing to me now. Like, I, I think, it's, it's so I think if, if you have children, if you're out there, and, and Ty, I know you're a new papa, I, I think like if you have children or you have dogs, and I think it's one of those things like you get past uh, because you know you've got to do, you've got to pick it up, you've got to clean it. Um, anyway. Um, I know we've derailed eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go out to D in Fort Washington. He wants to talk about the Mets. D, welcome in. Good morning.
5: Hey, what's up? Good morning, Anita. I just had an enormous brain fart with Ty there, but you'll, you'll see when I have a second. But I'm with you with the sneezing thing because when I'm out with my fiance and she starts sneezing, the first sneeze people are looking at me because I don't, I don't bless her. And then I'm like, don't worry, she's not done yet. Give her a... <laughs> she's not
1: done yet. Let me... Yeah, no, D, she's, she's, D she's does three. she have a certain... Does she have a certain number? Is it always the three. certain... Because it me, it's always nine.
5: Three. Hers is three. So after the oh, third... God I'll bless. Leave. And people are looking at me because I don't say anything. I'm like, she's not done. And then she'll hit three and then I say, all right, bless you. You know what I'm saying? But... Uh, Other than that, um, I was calling when you. I'm not even a uh, Mets fan, I'm a Yankees fan, but I was uh, just saying it like when I was talking to Ty, I was saying Dice K, but I meant to say Tanaka. But I was saying it's kind of like when we have Tanaka when he had that that shoulder surgery, everybody thought he was going to get Tommy John, and we're sitting there like every year waiting, is it this to the year? But he just drops his velocity from like 97 to 91. That's why a lot of these people saying like Drew Grant can still be probably dominant. Bringing it back down to like ninety two, ninety three, rather than hitting one hundred one every everything. But he, he's been resting all winter. I just think it's bad for the Mets fans because look, they haven't been doing anything. Now he starts pitching. I'm like, all right, what are you gonna rest him a month or two? It's like okay, but then he's gonna come back and then what's gonna happen again? He's gonna tear it up because he doesn't have a let me let me just give you a ninety percent and still be shooting. You know what I mean? So it's gonna. I think it's either when they bring him back, maybe. Start them every other. You know what I mean. Like, don't give them a start every every five days. Give them like maybe every ten days. You know what I mean. Just because you need them. That's when you need them is in the summer, towards the end of the end of the year, right?
1: Absolutely, the solid call. Um, but at the same time, listen. This is this is even, even though it's a, a, a and Anthony DeComo agrees with me. Uh, even though it's a, a three team race in the National League East, um, you you still need this Mets team to stay lock and step, especially with the Braves. And don't sleep on the Phillies, because I really do like what they've done uh, in this this offseason.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs)
1: Stump Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN is brought to you by Slomans. Um, again, musical chairs in regard to our shows today because the Knicks are taking on the Cavs. Dave is off. So whenever I do fill in for Dave, uh, we we <laughs> we changed this segment up a little bit to question marks from Stump Rothenberg because I am far from uh, the brain of an elephant that, uh, that Dave seems to have which is really remarkable and it's never like it's just it's it's amazing it's like that kind of party and I know it's one of everybody's favorite segments so the difference is I'm lucky if I get one of these questions answered correctly so if I do it is a win for the home team okay so uh so let's do this we'll go out to your calls I know Ty and Jake have questions as well so let's start with Ed in Long Island Ed what what do you got for me
6: yeah, hi uh, Anita. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Name the only National League player to hit into four consecutive double plays.
1: Okay, you got You got to give me a year. Give me, give me some type of.
6: Okay, uh, sure. I'll give you all, all the hints you want. Um, 1975 with the New York Mets.
1: 1975 with the New York Mets uh, no clue
6: See ya! um he went on to manage the Mets later on
1: yeah no clue
6: He also went on to manage the Yankees Buck no. Uh, he also went on after he retired from baseball. He took a uh, a position in the major league offices.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm not going to get this. Who who is this individual?
6: Joe Tory.
1: Oh, okay. Easy enough that I did not get. Let's go to John in L.A. John, you're up.
7: <laughs> How's it going here? Good morning. All right, Good morning. Not that tough for you.
1: Yeah. Okay.
7: All right. Here it goes. Um, the, the player, player that has a uh, baseball player that has played for the most MLB teams.
6: He's a pitcher.
1: Um, Bartolo Colon.
7: Close, but no. He recently retired too. Well, not that recent, but in the past five
6: years, he has retired already. He's a pitcher.
1: Um, I I don't know, John. Who is it? Betlin Jackson. It's all right. <laughs> okay. I, I like um maybe some NFL questions out there, folks. That would be great. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six question marks. Let's go to Luke in Connecticut. Luke, what you got?
5: Morning, Anita usually I go up and in on Dave but I'll give you a softball one uh, the Golden Girls what city did they live in
1: I know it was in Florida oh wait oh man on, um, I,
5: I gave you this one purposely to get one right
1: Come no on. no I know I know I want us to like I want to say it was the East Coast I want to say it was like Naples or go, like go
5: South. south.
1: Fort Myers?
5: No, they have a basketball team.
1: Orlando?
6: No. Oh, come on. The only other team that has basketball the only other city that has a basketball team.
1: Thank you for, Thank you for being, being a friend. A
5: friend. <laughs> come country. on, it was Miami.
1: No, they weren't in Miami.
5: Yeah, they were.
1: Were they? No. <laughs> I don't think they were in Miami. Yes, they were. Were they really? I, sh- yeah. I mean, I'm from Miami. I should know that. I just, I thought they were for sure, like, you know, like, people in Miami, when they retire, they go to, they go to Naples, they go to Fort Myers, they go to Palm Coast, they go other places, like you know, people don't retire and, and go to Miami. Maybe that's why, anyway. Do you guys? Do you guys? So have I, I have an one N- question I can I answer have an,
3: correctly. I have an NFL one for you, so I'm hoping that you get this right. Again, when mm-hmm. every week when Rothenberg does this, I'm always blown away too. And I'm like, if I get one, I'm a pretty happy camper. So hopefully, you get this one right. We don't want you to go, you know, winless, but. Every NFL team has had a losing season since 2012 except one team. So t- every team except one has had a losing season except since 2012 except one team. Can you tell me who that one team is? Patriots. Anita, I try to set you up for a win. Unfortunately, the Patriot, Seriously? the Patriots had a losing season in 2020 when they got Mac Jones, Cam Newton. They were... You know, under 500 with a losing season in 2020. I will give you one more chance. Think about it. So since 2012, every team except one has had a losing season. And I'll give you the time that this team had the last losing season. This team hasn't had a losing season since 2003, which is amazing.
1: Um, Pittsburgh Steelers?
3: My friend, there you go. <laughs> oh, no. she, she
4: got it wrong.
3: <laughs> you did guess the Patriots at first. But, I mean, the second time you got it right. So, I'm going to try to give you like a half a point. Can we give you what, a half? What,
1: what, what, was the, what was the Patriots' final record last year?
3: The Patriots in 2020, I can look it up, but I do know when they no, got it. No, no, no. Last year. Last year. Um, well, they were in the playoffs last year.
1: Right. So, I don't...
3: There, but the year yeah, but before that, they had they a losing finished, season. They finished oh,
1: under 500 Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't... So I, I, I thought... T- I'm sorry. I, misunder- and- I, mis- I misunderstood you. I misunderstood. Last year, I'm they were 10-7, and, and, and
4: in 2020, they were 7-9. and nine.
1: Got it. All
4: right. I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So right now, the NBA MVP race, Nikola Jokic, uh, appears to be the favorite to win the MVP. That would be back-to-back years, a center has won the NBA MVP. When's the last time a center won back-to-back MVPs in the NBA?
1: I couldn't give you the year, but I would imagine that it was it was somebody from the Spurs, either Duncan. Well, was it Duncan? Duncan,
4: Duncan technically is, is a power forward. Mm. But he did go back-to-back in 02 and 03, but a, 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 a player mm. listed as a center, the last time that one center won back-to-back MVPs. Because we've seen Giannis go back-to-back, back. LeBron. Dirk Dirk's with a, the Mavs? Dirk, Dirk's a power forward.
1: Mm. I don't know. I look at those two dudes as centers.
4: You'd have to go um, back to 81 and 82. Moses Malone, for the, the he did it with the Rockets and the Sixers. And, I, and then obviously in 83, he goes on to win the finals MVP at the Sixers win the title. So okay. that was the last time a center won back-to-back MVPs.
2: Moses Malone.
1: Well, um, I'm I'm not going to get that either. So, uh, so what am I? What am I? I'm 0 for five now. That's well, just great.
3: If, if we give you that half point, then you know you're kind of. No, fin- no, I
1: got it. I got it wrong. And I have one I got-
3: more for you that I saw actually on Jeopardy last night, and I thought it was really good because it created some buzz on Twitter. So uh-huh. let's see if you can get it. You watch Jeopardy? I, I'm not like a religious Jeopardy viewer, but you mm-hmm. know a, a lot of the times when there's a good reaction or a good segment, it ends up on social media anyway. So that's what happened with this last night. So mm-hmm. none of these contestants were able to get this question right, which was a little surprising, especially to the person who it was who responded on Twitter. But the question was, this person won the Heisman at Auburn, Ran for two hundred and twenty-one yards in one game for the Raiders and was also an American League All-Star. Who am I talking about?
1: Um Bo Jackson.
3: And there you go. That oh. if you
7: want
1: to <gasps> officially <gasps> count that as
3: one. <gasps> yes, so you know some people might say that's So not- I would
1: so how much money would I have won? How much money would I would, would have won? Um, On on Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Yeah, if I would answer that. Well, you
3: would have won more than the contestants last night because none of them were able to get that right. And it's always funny because these people know so much about everything, but when they Mm -hmm. get asked the sports question, that's usually the one that's the tough one for the contestants. But yeah, none of them got it right, and Bo Jackson responded on Twitter, and he said, don't worry, I forgive you guys. So, you know, it's pretty funny to see when a guy's a good sport about things.
1: If, if, If you haven't watched the Bo Jackson documentary, um... You should. It's it's riveting. And you could argue that Bo Jackson, hands down, is probably the best athlete to ever grace this earth. You should really watch it. It's really spectacular. Um All
4: right, I got one more for you. hmm NCAA college basketball. <laughs> With a win tonight, Hubert Davis would become the first coach since this one back in 1998. To make the championship game in his first season as a head coach at a school,
1: uh, he's he's the head coach of the of Boston right now, right? I, I don't know his name, but right is is that who we're talking about?
4: You want me to is give you the, a hint?
1: Is <laughs> he is he the head coach of Boston right now?
4: He is right now the head coach. Uh, he's Tubby Smith. Okay. He's the head coach of Tubby Smith. No, no, you
3: Tubby know, Smith is the head <laughs> coach. He's not the head coach of Boston
1: though. <laughs> Uh let's let's go to Arthur in He's Long the head Island.
4: He's of High Point University.
1: Uh Arthur uh, be kind to me man. This this is this has been a this has been a rough 10 minutes dude. This has been a rough 10 All minutes.
5: Right. This is probably a layup. Um love your show and I'm not really a gambler. Uh Secretariat won the Belmont by an astonishing amount. Don't give me the fraction. How many lengths did he win it by?
1: Oh, uh
7: Seven. Mm.
5: Thirty-two and change. What was it? Thirty-two
1: and change. Oh, I think thirty-two and I was way short. Way short. How is that
3: how is that a layup though? He said this should be a layup. Then,
1: I know. I know seriously. Who knows? Can that? We, I don't can know? Can we just that. like can we just like only one NFL question? That's, that's not being kind. Well, the, that funny, not, the
3: funny thing is Dave would have probably gotten that somehow in like 0. 0.5 seconds, which is oh, the I'm amazing sure. thing. No, I'm, that's just the brilliance of Dave Rothenberg right there.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. Seriously. I, I've said this to Dave before, like he should audition for, has he, do, have you guys asked him this? Has he auditioned before for, uh, um, Jeopardy?
3: I don't think he has, but you know, he has his own thing going. We've always said, you know, remember that show Stump the Schwab? Yeah. Was, uh, we always said I would love to see him go head on head head and head or one on one with the Schwab.
1: I'd love to see him on Jeopardy, to be quite frank. I mean, you know, again, he he's and, and the reason I say that he's got the brain of an elephant, uh for folks who don't know, elephants remember everything. Everything, everything, everything. everything. Um <laughs> i'd root for dave again this is stump rothenberg aka question marks brought to you by Slowmans. call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield keep your family safe call 1-800-ALARM-ME at least i got Bo jackson that's a plus it's better uh, before,
3: than the jeopardy contestant so you got that going for
1: there you there we go there well I, I, actually i wanted to tell you a story already i'm gonna get to you in just a second hang tight So um, I was watching Jeopardy one night and it was a bunch of uh, political like uh, political broadcasters who were who were competing against one another on Jeopardy, you know, uh, um, Anderson Cooper, you know, all of them. And one of the questions was. This was a few years ago and one of the questions was who is the quarterback from the Super Bowl losing team this past season. And the answer was Cam Newton. And they're all like nobody's pushing the button, everybody's looking around with one another and it was just like the Super Bowl just happened like 3 months ago. How do you not know who the Super Bowl quarterback loser loser is? And I'm like and I said to myself, you know what? Uh, there, there's a lesson to be learned here. Uh, these political broadcasters don't watch a lick of sports or sports broadcasting. And at that point in time, I wasn't watching a lot of political television. Um, and so I said, I'm I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an effort every morning. I'm gonna watch an hour of political television. And and I and I went listen. I was free. You know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Uh, you know, I know everybody has their narrative. I went across the board just to kind of get get some knowledge of what's going on in our political environment, and I did that because of that Jeopardy episode where I was like, "Ooh, that's embarrassing! How do you not know who the Super Bowl losing quarterback is?" Anyway, I just share that story just to say, uh, a lot of times, you know, we we live in we live in a certain bubble, um, and mine obviously is NFL. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, you're up.
7: Hey Anita, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so I'm panicking here because Tariq Kill was available. I didn't mm-hmm. want him. I don't want to trade. I don't want to trade my picks. I think we could get a wide receiver. I paid. Well, he didn't want to. He didn't
1: want to come here, Artie. He didn't want to come here. There's he nothing. He didn't want to do. come here. He didn't okay. want to come here. He had a choice. All right.
7: So settle me down here because if we get all these, if we get a wide receiver, if we get the pass rusher, it doesn't really matter because it all comes down to is Wilson the guy and mm-hmm. I haven't from what I saw last year I'm not convinced nope. okay here's my nope. question you have all these you could go back and redraft and put Mayfield in the draft what is the worst thing that could happen if you I don't know I don't know what Cleveland wants for him but what's the worst thing that could happen what Mayfield's the right guy what's the worst thing that could happen to the Jets if they pick up Mayfield
1: um, He's a playoff
7: quarterback, yes or no?
1: Yeah, but here's, here's, here's what happens, Artie. You, right. And I appreciate the phone call. I understand your concern. Um, I wasn't a big Zach Wilson fan in the draft last year, if you recall. Um, so I understand where you're coming from. You now put a dude in that quarterback room who wants to start with a young man that you drafted to be your starter, hopefully for the next decade. Now one would say, "Oh, great challenge! Light a fire!" You know, it's 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 sports. It's all about competition. You should welcome it. Different animal with Baker Mayfield. Uh, Little cancers. So, if if you and the Jets organization decide to do that, and you bring Baker, Baker's not coming. Baker's not an Andy Dalton. Baker isn't a guy. Baker, Baker isn't a Nick Foles who's willing to come in and say, okay, this is my role, I'm coming in as a backup, but if Wilson struggles, opportunity is going to be there for me to start. No, 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 no. That's not how Baker... Baker wants to be a starter, and because of how this fallout happened with the Cleveland Browns, boy, does he want to start. He is not going to go to another team unless he is the starter, because he wants to shove it right up their rear ends based on how this ended for him in Cleveland. And so, A he will not come here unless he's guaranteed a starting job and B you don't want that type of situation in your quarterback room while you are in the second year of trying to develop a quarterback that you hope will be with you for the next decade.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Valiant effort with Stump Rothenberg failed miserably. It's all good. (laughs) Hey, shout out to the men's USA soccer team. They qualify for the World Cup. They're in Group B, England, Iran, um, and of course, the United States. Interesting to see how well they do and and how far they advance. As we know, uh, the United States in regard to the soccer world, uh, far from it. So, especially, specifically when it comes to the men, not necessarily the women. Why? Well, big reason. Women, there's only a few sports out there that women can participate in that will allow them to advance to professional start status and stardom. Soccer being one of them. Golf. Tennis. Um, to name a few. Obviously, WNBA now. Where for men, it's uh, it's a plethora, right? There's no... Even though I did play women's professional football, uh, definitely a different level of the NBA, the NBA, right? There's a few women's professional football leagues out there, but none with a TV deal and contracts like the NFL um, and in uh, a number of other sports. So, so, so soccer is 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 really a, a great sport for young women. Uh, to develop in and potentially find a career professionally, and and, and make the kind of money that uh, that that one would want to make playing a professional sport, and that's a, that's really that's the big difference maker. So, but congratulations to the men's USA team, uh, and we'll see how they do. Let's go to Jeff in Queens. Jeff, you're up. Hey
2: Anita, how you doing?
1: Hi. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Uh, I, I'm a Dolphins fan. I told the guy. Uh, Woo. I'm a I know you're from Miami. I know uh, your mom's down there. Anita, I'm a Dolphins fan since January 23rd, 1983. I Fell in love with the Dolphins.
1: Why? What made you? My, what made you? Brother. What made you fall in love with the Dolphins? Then I'm cu- I'm curious.
2: I I'll be honest with you. I walked in on my brother. He was watching a game. Uh, he's three years older than me. I was like, "Who are you rooting for?" He's like, "We root for the Dolphins." From that moment on, that's all I care about. I don't watch any other sport. I watch sports but I only care about the Dolphins. The Power Rankings came out the other day, I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're not a tour fan I know you're not a tour fan. I wasn't a tour fan when he came out. I did want Justin Herbert. I know I could say that now. Oh well, yeah, sure, whatever. But I did. Just because of his injury history, I didn't want tour. and I think all Alabama quarterbacks are a little, you know, not as good o- as they really are overrated. The right. Mhm. Yes. That being said, um, how they had the Dolphins, the 12th-ranked team in the AFC, is a joke, all right? Because with all the moves they made, they just extended Xavier Howe. You know all the moves they made. How are they the 12th-ranked team in the AFC? Because of Tua. Because of, of Tua. Because of Tua. I, I understand. So, you, so you're so telling me, if we had Justin Herbert, where do we go? To number one? Top five. A top five? Who, 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 you know, so... What team has a better team than us besides the quarterback? I don't think any one team in the AFC has a better all-around team than the Dolphins, just besides the quarterback. And I really oh, are think you kidding? The Buffalo will turn out. With this. Whoa, 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 whoa! The Buffalo, the Buffalo Bill. the had, Buffalo Bills. Sean or, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. You think the Buffalo Bills are a better all-around team than us, or oh, just yes. have a better quarterback than us? Oh yes.
1: Oh God, yes.
2: I I, I I'll, I'll put my player for player. And okay, now yeah, they add Von player. Miller.
1: To their defense? Are you kidding me?
2: <laughs> uh, Von, Von Miller, you know, we'll see what he does without Aaron Donald. But uh, I, I just think that the quarterback is 100 times better than our quarterback. But you know what? Tua will turn out to be the lefty Drew Brees. And he's going to prove everybody will, including myself. And uh, listen, I, I, hope, that-
1: I hope so. I hope so for my mom's sake. Because I, I don't know if she could withstand another season. So uh listen, I listen, I, I I love what and I appreciate your call. Um I love what the Dolphins have done. Love Chase Edmonds. Uh they've got a they I mean they they have a lot of depth now at that running back position with Mostert and uh, and Edmonds there. You bring in Tariq Hill. You've got two of the fastest speedy wide receivers in Hill and Waddle, that's for sure. Devontae Parker is still there, although I'm hearing that there's a possibility that they will trade him in the draft. They bring back Gasecki, who I absolutely love. They bring in Armstead. They've, they've got a solid offensive line now. Listen, that that offense is sick. That offense is sick. Defensively, like you said, um, they re-up Howard. Um, they've got a lot of depth on defense as well. I, I, I just, listen, I, I think the Dolphins are going to be competitive, um, but nobody's beating the Buffalo Bills, dude. nobody's and it's 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 beyond it's beyond the quarterback let's be honest it's beyond the quarterback right like um they add duke johnson to that backfield so now you got singletary zach moss if those two dudes can stay healthy and now you add duke johnson who's really good in the passing game coming out of the backfield you've got Diggs, you've got davis they add crowder who i love by the way i think that's a huge signing for them They have Knox as their tight end. They bring in O.J. Howard from the box. They've got a top five offensive line. And defensively, they drafted Greg Russo last year as well as Boogie Basham. Wait until you see those guys get at it, along with Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver. Milano is a great linebacker. They add Von Miller to the linebacking core. They have Tredavious White. I I just... (laughs) Listen... Uh, The Bills are going to run away with this division. It's going to be competitive between Miami and the Patriots to see who potentially could uh, get in as the wild card coming out of the AFC East. The AFC North is going to be sick, arguably one of the best competitive divisions in all of sport. Right. I think people are sleeping with Trubisky going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns getting Deshaun Watson. I know we're all on hold to see, is he going to be suspended? How many games is it going to be four? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be zero? Cleveland Browns are going to be competitive. Cincinnati looking to run it back. The Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson and what they're able to do. They're always, and listen, they've got a lot. Talk about a team that as well has a lot of draft capital and the Baltimore Ravens always draft well, always. Always. I see the Colts coming out of the South now that they got uh, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. I know a lot of people are sleeping on him. It's fine. Sleep on him. I think they win the division over the Titans. Um, I'm not expecting much from Houston and Jacksonville. And then you can argue that the AFC West as well is one of the most competitive divisions. Now that the Denver Broncos have uh, Russell Wilson, you know what you get with Kansas City. Devontae Adams now with the Raiders and the Chargers. Dude, this, this, this preseason... What the Chargers have been able to do on the defensive side of the ball, their defense now is just as good as their offense. Don't be surprised if the Chargers win the AFC West. Don't be surprised. So uh, the AFC is so uber competitive where you look around the NFC and you're like, "Mm, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota wins the NFC North now, now that Devontae Adams is not with the Packers. The Green Bay Packers sent all that money to Aaron Rodgers. And blew the pick, uh, you know, could have gotten a really good wide receiver. Instead, they, they, they got love for what? Obviously, Tom Brady back with the Bucks. Chances are they win the NFC South. Not a lot of competition there. Arizona, there's uh, some bad blood brewing with their quarterback and their front office. 49ers, are they going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo or not? Seattle Seahawks don't have a quarterback, with all due respect. Rams are going to win that division. What happens in the NFC East? I think it's going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys, and my money's on the Eagles. Eagles have three first-round draft picks this year, and those are three picks in the top 20 that are going to be immediate contributors to their team because this is a very deep draft. NFL is going to be very interesting next year. No doubt about that.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN this is click
4: click 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 or don't
0: very simply here's the headline are you interested in clicking or not
1: that's right it's time for click or don't click this is a fun way we take our tour around our wide wide world of sport we find out what's trending based on the headlines and do the headlines grab us to say yeah you know what Click that. I'm interested to find out what is going on. And our producers, Ty and Jake, lead the way. Gentlemen?
4: It's all happening in Flushing, Anita. It's all Mm -hmm. happening.
1: Is that the headline?
4: Uh, That's the headline.
1: Done. Click. I'm in.
4: Bunch of news to report on the front with the Mets. We started the show with the Jacob deGrom injury concerns. He's going to be shut down for four weeks because he's got... Uh, some, some shoulder soreness and this on the heels of being shut down last year after July 7th because he had some elbow discomfort. So if you're a Met fan, lots of uh, trepidation as, as far as your ace is concerned. But John Hayman is now reporting that Max Scherzer has been scratched from his intra-squad game today. No update as of yet, but he did tweak his hamstring. So Stop. yesterday we had the Grom injury news. Today we've got potentially some Scherzer injury news. Uh, again, nothing to, to report concrete, uh, but as John Heyman says, uh, th- there's going to be an update later. He did tweak his hamstring, so we'll see uh, what develops there. But not good news when when both your number one and two starters are dealing with injuries. We don't know how significant this injury is. We don't want to speculate as far as you know, his availability for opening day because now he's going to be tabbed as a starter. But that is something we're definitely going to monitor. Uh, in addition to that, The Athletic is reporting that the Padres and the Mets have discussed a trade concept involving Eric Hosmer, Chris Paddock, and Dominic Smith. Ken Rosenthal adds that the Padres would include significant cash if this deal does go through. Uh, Joel Sherman did report this earlier. Uh, the cash going to the Mets would expect it, would be expected to be around $25 million. So you figure that's going to bring Hosmer's uh, annual average value down to about $6 Joe Joel Sherman also reporting that reliever Emilio Pagan would go to the Mets along with Eric Hosmer and Chris Paddock. Uh, in a deal that would send Dominic Smith to the Padres. So you've got injury concerns, but the Mets still wheeling and dealing as they look to improve their roster ahead of opening day next week.
1: Here's what my question is, and I'm going to spin this back to you, Mr. Yankees fan, and that is, you know, endless pockets for the Mets, right? Like, all right, DeGrom, DeGrom's injured. Let's see what we can do. Let's make some calls. Let's just, let's let's do it. We Like, I just, I feel like, I feel like it's World Series or bust for this Mets team. And the ownership is willing to go over the luxury tax, willing to be whatever, you know, What is it? it's not fine, but uh, tax, whatever. Like, they're willing to spend, like, money is no object, right? Like, we're all in. Like, take all the chips, we're all in. How does that make a Yankee fan feel right now?
4: Let me just, uh, before I get to that, let me just update you, because this tweet just came in from Heyman. He says, Scherzer is said to be scratched today only for precautionary reasons. Hamstring tweak isn't seen as serious. Um, sure, uh, we, we, we can we can go with that. But anytime you're being scratched from the start, whether precautionary or not, and it has to deal with some type of an injury, whether it's a tweak or, you, you know, you full throttle injured, that's going to be something that fans need to be concerned about, especially because Scherzer... Did't and it's a different injury, but last year, remember in the World Series, he wasn't able to make the st- that, that final start because of fatigue in his arm. So as an aging pitcher, the, you know these injuries start to come full force, you're going to be concerned. But to answer your question about the Mets, yeah, it's something they have to do. When, when you are a, a big market team that chose not to, for whatever reason operate as such and you're now seven years removed from your last playoff win, just singular playoff win. We're not even talking about playoff series wins. We're talking about just one playoff win the Mets haven't had since 2015. Then the expectation is, yeah, Steve Cohen, new ownership's going to come in and, and, and try his best to get them back on that path to you know whatever they deem to be excellent. And, and, and from your perspective, you, you say that's World Series or bust. With the Mets, if they're fully healthy, they should – be contending for a championship, but now with these injuries, uh, you you hope that it doesn't plague them the entirety of the year. But if if they can come back and and, and be um, somewhat healthy, then yeah, you you expect them to be dangerous. And as as me as a Yankee fan, it's not that they're being cheap; it's just that they're not spending the money correctly. Like to have the third highest payroll in baseball, and the, and still have this many question marks, I think that is. That's tough to deal with if you're a fan, spending all this money and you know what's your rotation outside of Garrett Cole, you know what what's your lineup going to look like when you get past Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, and John Carlos Stan. It's it's tough. I, I don't I don't have high expectations for the. I'll say that now. My my expectations for the Yankees this year are not like you know World Series here we come. It's are you even going to be the third best team in your division? That that's the biggest question Ooh. to me right now.
1: I had uh I, I had Lee Sterling on with me yesterday, um, on our our gambling show. Week in wager that airs every Friday night here from ten to midnight. Uh, brought to you by BetMGM Sports, and uh, he's he's got Toronto uh, winning the uh, the division. Uh, keep in mind, and, and this is b- big caveat, right? Like big kudos to to Toronto, and that is a. Uh, they're back at home playing in front of a home fan base. And, oh, by the way, if you're not vaxxed, you can't play in Toronto. So, you know, so specifically, especially for those American League East teams, um, you know, especially since this is the team, this isn't a cellar dweller, right? This is the team that is that that the odds makers in Vegas and a number of people expect to win the division, let alone make a really good push to try to win the World Series, um, get vaxxed. <laughs> if, if if that's the case. I mean, you know, again, you know, HIPAA rules, we don't know who's vaxed, who's not. We will soon. We're
4: going to star- <laughs> find, find out. When the season starts, we're going to find
1: will out when the season starts. Will Judge be active and attractive? Will he not? Well, like we're going to find out. Since but the,
4: since the New York City mandate has been lifted, we're not going to immediately find out, but when the Yankees Travel to Toronto when they they go
1: to when they yeah when they go to Toronto we're gonna find
4: out they've got nine games against a team that all I keep seeing is expected to you know not just win the division but represent the American League so in those nine pivotal games you're going to need your best players out there and yep when, when you know we're watching the game and Kay he's reading the Yankee lineup and we see who's not on it uh we're gonna we're gonna find out quickly, uh, you know, those players who aren't vaccinated. And look, it's your choice, whatever the case may be, but when it comes to contending for a championship, you need your best players out there, and hopefully uh the Yankees and, and, and the Mets for that matter won't be plagued by that this year.
1: Um what else you guys got? What's what's trending?
4: All right, so we're actually gonna play a little
3: game here, I think, but the topic is called nine in New York in the top 100. And what we're going to do is yesterday, the MLB Network came out with their top 100 list of the top 100 players in Major League Baseball. There were nine players combined in the Mets and the Yankees, five from the Mets and four from the Yankees. So, Anita, what we're going to do, we're going to have a little game between you and Ty D. Butler. You are going to go first. You are going to name one of the nine players that you think from the Yankees or the Mets that made the top 100. Then Ty will go, and you'll go back and forth. Once one of you gets it wrong, you're out, and that person can continue, and hopefully you guys combined can get the nine players. So again, since this is your show, you get to go first, name one of the nine Yankees or Mets that made the top 100 list.
1: Okay, Uh, easy. Uh, Judge.
3: Aaron Judge is correct, and he was number 11 on the list. So you continue to the next round. Ty, it is your turn. I would go with one Jacob deGrom. And Jacob deGrom is certainly on that list. I don't know if he would have fell yesterday if the news came out before this list was created, but Jacob deGrom, out of every Met and Yankee, is the highest at number 7. So you both are still alive. DeGrom, 7, Judge, 11. Anita, your turn.
1: Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole.
3: Garrett Cole is on the list at number 16. Moving on to the next round, Ty. Let's stick with the pitchers we just talked about, Max Scherzer. And Max Scherzer is number three on the list, right behind Judge at number 12. So DeGrom 7, Judge 11, Scherzer 12, Cole 16. Now this is where it might get a little tough. Anita, it's your turn.
1: Ooh, this is where where it's going to get a little tough. Um, Hmm... Uh, ah, ah, ah.
3: Lindor Lindor is in the top 100 had a down year last year but Francisco <laughs> Lindor Mr. Smiles is number 68 on our list so there we go 5 of the 9 that leaves 4 left tie is your turn my friend All right, let's go with my guy Giancarlo Stanton and Stanton would be a good guess had a great year last year and he makes our list at number 61 so Stanton at 61 and Lindor at 68 that leaves three players between the Yankees and the Mets left and again we are getting into the crunch time Anita what is your answer Chapman Oh, no. And Chapman is the first one that is wrong. No! Not a bad guess. One of the best closers, I think, you know, that we've had in the league in a long time. Wait, how
1: did—wait, Ty went, oh, no. How does Ty know that he's not in it?
4: Well, I'm just saying, oh, no, because he was coming off a down year. So I, I would imagine they can't include him on this top 100. Are you
3: accusing me of feeding Ty the answers, Anita? I thought we had he's this open up, and honest relationship. Off I end. just I had
1: no first of all, you guys did not clue me in that this was happening. I didn't so clue so you, I didn't know so I so I had no I, I had no opportunity to prep. <laughs> well, I didn't know this was that happening. was that either. was kind
3: of the point. I wanted to go off, you know, spur of the moment to see if you guys would know. I know that uh I didn't mention it to either of you guys, but I thought that would be the beauty of it so that we would get some real reaction.
4: Yeah, coming off the coming off the season he had, I, I didn't think there was any chance Chapman would be on the list.
3: Well, this is Ty's redemption turn, so if he gets this right, then he is our winner of the New York battle of the top 100 from the MLB Network list. Ty, you have three options to get it right, and what is your final
4: answer? I mean, he only set the, rook, the record for home runs by a rookie. Uh, two years ago, and he won the Home Run Derby last year. So let's go with Pete Alonso. Ty,
3: you are the winner. Ty, Pete Alonso, number 62, and the other Wait, two. Wait, don't don't, don't, don't say tr- the other two. Okay. You what,
1: so we have two more.
3: Two more, correct. We have DeGrom at 7, Judge at 11, Scherzer at 12, Cole okay. at 16, Stanton at 61, Alonso at 62, and Lindor at 68.
1: Okay, so LeMayu.
3: LeMayu is there. Great job. He actually just snuck in at number 94. Again, he had a down year last year, and that leaves one player left, and he is ranked at number 41. That's my hint to both of you guys. Mm. I know it. Did you want to guess it, Anita?
1: How You know it? Yeah, because—
4: I, mean, I didn't tell him. That's his confidence coming out. I know it because, I mean, he was recently acquired by the team, and he was one of, one of the better outfielders in the sport.
3: I won't say who it is, but yes, that is, that is the correct answer. Newly acquired, a tough one. He wasn't on the team last year, but he is now a New York Met. And like a lot of the other New York Mets, I've heard he's had some injury problems this spring training as well.
4: While you think of it, John Heyman says, opening day is still seen as possible for Max Scherzer, who would be facing his longtime Nats teammates Thursday in the nation's capital. So
1: go go ahead, Ty. Tell uh, them who the
4: Starlin Marte,
3: and that rounds out the top 100. Yes, nine New York players in the top 100. And I guess the final question I want to have for you guys, and this was a little bit of a surprise to me. Do you guys want to guess who the number one player on the top 100 is? Oh, this has to be Trout. And it's not Mike Trout, who I thought it would be. It seems to be Mike Trout every year, but... Bryce Harper? Not Bryce. Bryce Harper was number five, and surprisingly, it's not Mike Trout, but this player is actually on the same team. Otani. They gave Otani the number one spot, and you know what's amazing? To have the number one and number two best player in the sport, and to really not even come close (laughs) to the playoffs every year, (laughs) kind of shows how important starting pitching is, but they did make some moves. I know Noah Synderga Guard is sho- there now. It
4: shows you how, and, and this is why this list is Fugazi. It shows you how important <laughs> starting pitching is, except for the fact that the number one rated player on the list is, by the way, a starting pitcher, which, come on, like, as good as Otani is, there is there is no argument for him being right now a better player than Mike Trout. And that, we that's we
3: could debate the top 10, but really quickly, Otani 1, Trout 2, Tatis 3, Soto 4, Harper 5, Bet 6. DeGrom 7, who we mentioned, Vlad Guerrero Jr. 8, Freddie Freeman 9, and Ronald Acuna Jr. 10. So Los Angeles has four, between the Angels and the Dodgers, have four of the top nine best players and six of the top 17 when you throw in Trey Turner and Walker Buehler. So I don't as like good this. as we have it here in New York, you know, nine out of the top 100, certainly great, but six out of the top 17, baseball in Los Angeles right now is the real deal. Soto's
4: got to be higher than Tatis, given the injuries and bets is a better player than than Bryce Harper. I don't like the list.
3: I didn't create it, <laughs> but I definitely presented it to the audience. Like so the that list. was the MLB Network Top 100, but pretty good job by both of you guys, you know. Mm-hmm.